Welcome back to the Crossover Podcast, the show where you get comics, pop culture, and sports, and it is sports time as we are talking week eight in the National Football League. I'm your host, as always, Matt Pierce, and joining me today is Bill Needles. How are you, Bill? I am doing very well. Thank you very much, sir. All right. Great to have you. The only uh, one in this podcast with a winning record, rounding out the trifecta, as always, is Craig Needles. How the heck are you, Craig? I'm doing okay. Let me tell you something about that winning record stat you just gave. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, the Athletic Football Podcast with uh, with Robert Mays and Nate Tice. They do a, a contest just like this one for all their listeners. I'm currently in the top ten. And I am eleven games above five hundred. Nice. No, I meant I meant I meant of the teams. I meant of the three teams we cheer for. Our picks on this podcast, we're all doing oh, fun. Mind, yeah. No, no, we're all we're all doing great. Well, my record on that's a lot better than on this because I changed my mind on Sunday morning a lot. But yeah, anyway, yeah, it's not here that. Yeah, yeah, we yeah we're all above five hundred. Bill Bill is in first though, but it's ever so slight. Uh, but I, I just meant of our three teams, Craig, our teams are just abysmal when they take the field. Oh yeah, they're but, not uh, good. Yeah. No, some would say the Vikings have been a little bit lucky though. So I don't want Bill getting too big for his britches here with his two and team. That's two and four against the spread. Blah. Uh, so, uh, yeah, if I sound a little like I'm out of breath, I am doing knee highs during this podcast. You know, I, I just, I got to get my steps in this. This is not going to be this, you know, like the, I wait for no man. Here's my take on that. Um, Russell Wilson trying to work out on the plane to make sure his hamstring doesn't tighten up so he can play on Sunday. I've got no problem with that at all. Yeah, uh, Russell Wilson tell every reporter who will listen that he did that. That is ridiculous. Yeah, kind of. It's like I need people to know that I did this. <laughs> yeah, it's a little. I don't know. Yeah, everyone has to know. Well, it's the it's... same as the Broncos coaches being like, "Oh, we're sleeping in the facility to try to figure this out." Like, well, okay. Um, yeah, it's not working. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, maybe go home and see your families, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. All that's that. Yeah, maybe maybe sleep in a bed, you know, if I was giving <laughs> some advice on how to get things going again. There was somebody that was I remember I, I was watching like some old episodes of uh All or Nothing, like the NFL versions, and Bruce Arians, because they did the Bucks one year, and it was a couple years before Arians won the Super Bowl, and Arians has this one bit where he where like he's on a boat they're filming him on a boat and it's his day off and he's relaxing and they're like and Bruce is, like, talking to the camera, and he goes, listen, I know a lot of guys put in, like, 18-hour days, and they sleep at the whatever, and, and you know, and they sleep at the facility, but I got to tell you, this game's not that hard, <laughs> you know? It's it's just not. And if I hear about any of my guys missing recitals or kids' soccer games or anything like that, bottom line is I'll fire their ass, you know? <laughs> like, they should be able to put the work in, in you know, 10-ish hours and be able to make it home. And then I was thinking, yeah, you know what? Bruce is probably right on that one in the grand scheme of things. And then there was, like, a, I was watching another year, and it was, like, the, the Rams back when Jeff, I think it was the first year of Jared Goff when Jeff Fisher was still the head coach, and they didn't start using Goff till midseason. And, like, the special teams coordinator for the for those like Jeff Fisher teams that would always go eight and eight or finish below five hundred was like, yeah, I work eighteen hour days and I just sleep at the facility and stuff and I barely ever see my kids and whatnot. I'm like, dude, you're the fucking special okay. teams coordinator. Go home and see your yeah, kids, man. Like, what? Like, how much work could you possibly need to do on special teams? <laughs> no, it's like, like it's. I, I, it's about like having to get up there and. Like, yeah, I hit the drop plays for special like kick the ball. No, the oh, so bad. Like, I, I, yeah, and I'm like, I get it. Sacrifices for the for the ultimate chip and whatnot. But like, come on, man, go home and maybe see your family. That's a bit ridiculous. Anyway, um, speaking of going home to see the family, uh, Tom Brady, he uh, 
the I saw yeah, I saw someone tweet. Uh, it was like a picture of two kids playing video games, and they were, and they the head caption was like Tom Brady's kids playing Madden just so they can get to spend some time with him. And I was like, oh, oh, oh that is too harsh, internet. It's just it's too mean. <laughs> like, uh, the internet is very calm and even-handed about this sort of thing. So fair, <laughs> right? Sometimes it's in poor taste, though. Oh, it's so bad. That was a bad one. Uh, yeah, Ravens. That looked like a few sharps were on the box. It wasn't like a heavy amount of take back that I saw on the box, but it was there. And, uh, yeah, I don't know what to make of the box right now. It's it's a lot of just, uh, you know, Mike Evans is dropping a lot of easy. Like, he still ends up with like 100 uh, yards a, a game these days, it seems. But, like, there's also like two plays where it's like, boy, that was an easy touchdown. You just dropped there, Mike. Like, that that would have helped you, and and yeah, the Ravens. I was totally off on the game last night. I made three prop bets, and I I whiffed on all three of them, which is you know I don't normally go over three on Thursdays, but I did last night. That was not a profitable day for me. But hey, my daughter's a Ravens fan, so uh, it's good for the Ravens winning two years in a row. Uh, anything to speak on that game last night, Bill? Uh, nothing terribly exciting. I thought it was a better game than you usually get on a Thursday. We've seen a, yeah. a few dicey ones, but it was good to see a couple teams with almost at least one winning record. Yeah. Um, well, last two games have been decent in terms of scoring, but not not much in the way of uh, drama and, and good football play, though, right? Yeah. I uh, I don't think Tampa Bay's very good, and I think they're getting worse as guys go down. Like Shaq Barrett's yeah. up of the year now. He's a big yes. guy they do. This is not bad. I... I, I the, I legitimately thought when Shaq Barrett went off that that Tom Brady was was just going to do the thing where he is on the sidelines and he drops his helmet and then runs across the field in the middle of the game, taking off his pads and stuff, rom-com style. He thought he was going to pull an Antonio Brown. That would be the most incredible end to his career. But it was but it was going to end with him like like Giselle was in like the booth somewhere and he was going to run and be like, I choose you, babe. I don't need this <laughs> shitty team anymore. Right? You, you were right all along. You know, just like... like uh, I don't know. I'm sure Drew Barrymore did that in one of her many rom-coms or something similar, right? <coughs> but yeah, that would have been that would have been the move, I think. But I mean, dude loves football. What are you gonna do? Uh, let us go into Week Eight, and we got another London game this week. 9:30 a.m. start time, little prime time sort of uh, prime time at Jace, I guess matchup. Your Denver Broncos, Craig, heading to Jacksonville. Jacksonville laying two and a half. Now, Jacksonville, you know, they're ninth in DVOA. DVOA is is becoming a bit of a, a, a stat that I, sh- I should have been saying this earlier. D- DVOA is a great stat if you want to figure out just kind of where teams are at. It's not it, but it should not be the be all end all. You got to, for gambling anyway, you really got to combine it with other bits of information because this one would lead you to believe that the Jags should be a much bigger favorite considering they're ninth and Denver is 22nd in DVOA. Um, this one looks a bit suspicious to me. Um, Jacksonville, we've kind of been on the last couple of weeks and they have not come through. I'm still waiting for Trevor Lawrence to have that game. He still kind of hasn't had that game. We've been acting like he's been, been, he hasn't been bad, but he, he just, he hasn't had that, okay, I'm a, I'm a future stud in this league game just yet. Um, 
I'm really not thinking and it's going to be what, this It's probably game. not going to be this week. No, not against this defense. Uh, how do you feel about your Jaguars, uh, or, or Broncos, sorry, Craig, in London against the Jaguars? I actually feel a lot better about this game than did the Jets game. Um, yeah. I think that Denver should should be able to move the ball a little bit against Jacksonville's defense, which has uh, started out a little better than they've been playing lately. Uh, this is a game where uh, Mac ha- Matt, uh, Nathaniel Hackett gets, gets fired if the Broncos do not win this game. Like, that's it for him, I think. I, I just like, and here's here's why I say that. And there's a few reasons. One, uh, the Denver media has turned on him, and I think that the 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 time when I no- noticed it officially was when Melvin Gordon came out after the game against the Chargers and said that after he got his three carries and then he was benched for the rest of the game, he's like, oh yeah, no one talked to me, no one told me I was benched. I just was on the sideline and I didn't get in the rest of the game. And Melvin Gordon is quite famously a pretty well-liked guy in the Broncos locker room by the media and, you know, his teammates. And I think that the Denver reporters were like, oh, you you got you guys like treated Melvin pretty badly, eh? And they, they, that that's something that got their backs up a little bit. Like you you combine that with the losing and the ridiculous fourth down decisions. And I think the Denver media is at the point where they're willing to say, OK, Hackett has to go. Um this is an ownership group that didn't hire Hackett, didn't sign off on the hiring. I, I think that if they lose this game, he's gone. Um, that said, I think that there's a chance that they win this game. So uh, I, I, I like the Jaguars a little bit, but it's a stay away from me. I completely agree with you. I think Hackett is coaching for his lungs. Um, they're not going to be one of my five, but I am going to be on the Broncos plus two and a half. I, I think that's the correct side in this one. I think everybody is. I, this this is a good, I don't want to say buy low, because Denver has been pretty low for a while now, but I think this is the spot to kind of pick Denver, because I don't think the Jaguars should be favored uh, against too many teams right now. And I know Denver's not playing really well, but I don't know. Jaguars it's, it's, were a yard away from beating the Giants. Yeah, they really should have. I don't know what's going on with the uh, with with the Giants. They just seem to have a horseshoe. The Giants, are getting like, the Giants are just getting lucky. Like Travis Etienne, yeah. if Travis Etienne doesn't fumble going into the end zone, there, Jackson will probably wins that game by two scores. Yeah, absolutely. And like, you know how many passes uh, Daniel Jones completed in the fourth quarter during the New York Giants comeback? No idea how many. Zero. He was he was zero for one in the fourth quarter. They did the rest with his leg. He did he did everything with his legs and uh, Saquon Barkley with with his legs as well. There yeah. was uh, there was no pass completion. So I, I don't know I don't know what to make. Like Daniel Jones seems to be a, he's a tough dude. He is a he's very tough run. dude. Great runner, but I I don't know what to make of it. Uh, Craig and I are both on the Broncos. Uh, what say you on this one, Billy? You know what I can. <laughs> much picture this game being a 9-6, 12-6 type of football game. I, I'm taking the points here because I think it's going to be so close that I'd rather a few points. I, I don't I don't hate the idea of Jacksonville winning this game. I really think they do. I think they're right to be favored, but I just think it's going to be so close that I'm going to take whatever points I can get. All right. So we're all on the Broncos. I think that's the correct side. I'll probably sprinkle a little on the Broncos, especially since this will be the only game on at 9:30. Next up, the Arizona Cardinals heading to Minnesota to take on your Minnesota Vikings, Bill. This line opened up at Vikings minus 4 and the Sharps came in on the Cardinals. Sorry, Bill. And uh we're now getting the hook. It's Vikings minus 3 and a half. Um unfortunately, I think I'm with them on this one, uh Billy. Uh I think God, it's tough cuz the optics in, in 
Arizona are going two ways right now. One, Kyler Murray is yelling at Kingsbury on the sidelines. And that's not – obviously optics on that are quite terrible. And But Hopkins came back and – you know, the good side is Hopkins came back and they looked like they had a, had a lot of good stuff going. By the way, that Cardinals thing, that they're doing that weird midseason hard knocks with them. So I wonder if that will actually be featured uh, with uh, Murray yelling at him on, on the sidelines to be like, come – down or whatever and i know that call of duty or there's some new call of duty or some garbage that say. yeah came out this weekend and and ah uh, yeah you know I, I get all the the kyler murray and it's a double xp weekend or or whatever i just i think that this is a good spot for the cardinals the vikings i think have gotten a little bit lucky on this one bill uh, a little bit lucky to be five and one um and by the way <clears throat> the packers are a ten and a half point underdog against the Bills. The Vikings are have a two game lead in the division over the Packers right now, plus the hammer because they already beat the Packers once. The Vikings can just put the death grip on the NFC North and a playoff spot in this game. Isn't this a spot where Kirk Cousins just chokes and gags on it, and the Vikings kind of slip a little bit and just oh, the game's at one p.m. Yeah, that's true. That's true. If this was, I mean, this would be a no-brainer contest, like, or in in the five picks, if not for, uh, not for the cart, you know, if not for this being one o'clock. Uh, I, I just, I. The Vikings, by the way, the Vikings mm-hmm. have had a buy, so they're two and a half games ahead of Green Bay. Yeah. Green Bay has three more losses than Minnesota does, as does yeah. the Bears. And Green Bay's not good. We'll get to them when we talk about that. Uh, yeah. Which should be. I'm, I'm glad we get to see the 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 end of the the, the Packers. Aaron Rodgers era in glorious prime time. Anyway, I'm on the Cardinals, Bill. Sorry to say, uh, they're not going to be one of my five, though. But I, I imagine I'll have a couple, uh, some, some sprinkles on on the Cardinals. Uh, what do you think about your boys? Uh, currently, three and a half point favorites at home against the Cardinals. Yeah, I mean, I don't hate the idea of, of taking the Cardinals here. I think Minnesota is a better team, and I think if Minnesota plays how they've played all, when they're playing well, they're they're going to destroy most teams in the league. But you look at, like, the second half of that Bears game. Like, they've just had some some long quarters with some bad play. Um, and if you're ever going to see that again, it's against a decent team. And Arizona is exactly that. Uh, I, I think I like Minnesota here, but I'm not confident at all. I'm not going into this game loving it like I have the last few. I think you're right. There are holes in this team. And I worry that Arizona is going to expose them a little bit. So, I'm on Minnesota because I'm a believer, but uh, I see where you're coming from. Craig, tiebreaker. Vikings. Okay. Um, <coughs> reasons. One, I think that the Vikings are going to be able to throw the ball on this Arizona defense. They're going to be able to move it. I really believe that. that. I think this is going to be a high-scoring game. I think Arizona will get their share of points. But um, I trust the Vikings offense more right now. And I trust... O'Connell more than I trust Kingsbury by a long shot. So I, I think the Vikings will win this game by more than three points. Uh, and I'm not going to lie, the fact that the new Call of Duty has been out for the last few days, basically ever since the Cards Thursday night game last week, that's crossed my mind when I was making this pick. <laughs> Oh, all right. Okay, so you guys are on the Vikings. I'm on the Cardinals. Next up, hey, this Should've kind of works like. Out. 
Yeah, never works like this. The Miami Dolphins head to Detroit to take on my Detroit Lions. All three of our games in a row here. That's kind of fun. Uh, Dolphins currently minus four. Um, I fucking hate the Detroit Lions, you guys. I hate I hate them. I hate that I'm a fan of this team. Uh, I think uh, Dan Campbell is in a similar boat as Nathaniel Hackett in this game, where I think he's coaching for his lungs. The difference is... Oh, I don't the, know if that's... Well, he should. He should be. The, the, if you want to say he should be, that's a different conversation. But the 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 leeway is going to be so much more based on expectations of those two teams coming into the season. You, you would have to think. That's fair to um, say because uh, the Broncos were like considered Super Bowl contenders. Yeah. Yeah. They went yeah, and got Russell Wilson just to lose. Super Bowl team. Yeah. The Lions were considered. Oh, it'd be cool if they were good. Um, yeah. The decision to not challenge the Hawkinson play at the goal line, that was really bad. That was that bad. Was now, bad. Uh, now, I realize a lot of Detroit Lions fans, myself included, got up in arms about that. But I thought about it. And, like, first off, I've never seen a a the, the judge who was standing there, I've never seen them go three quarters of the way up to call a touchdown and then immediately put the arms back down while the back judge, who was nowhere near the play, casually jogged in and he goes well i don't know do you think he broke the plane he goes i don't know i didn't really see it and he goes all right well let's just say no touchdown never seen that before and it was close he it definitely was a touchdown but it was close enough that i don't i don't think they would have overturned it especially not if they're to the detroit lions a it should have been called a touchdown on the field yeah b the to me if you're a ref making the decision you call touchdown and then you sort it out in the replay because every scoring play is reviewed yeah but they don't do that, and then for whatever reason, Dan Campbell is just like, whatever, let's just pound it in there. We will we'll take kneecaps. Get in there, Jamal, and oh, shit. And, you know, that they, they would have been up, like, I, I think the score would have been 14-10 or something, Lions or something adjacent to that, and uh, they could have had it. Certainly could have at least covered what they were giving up to the to the Cowboys in that game. It was it was just all downhill from there. It, it was the moment that the game absolutely flipped was the, the Williams fumble on the one-yard line. It, it's just... Little things like that. It's so bad. It's they're, they're they're completely unavoidable. I hate this team, and I hate the fact that we have to make the Detroit Lions one of our five this week. You guys, God, I hate it. Yep. We got to be back on the Lions. My, uh, my five. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. When I look oh. at the Lions this week, like this was the first one I picked. I'm like, oh, Detroit's giving up two people. Yes, I hate it. I hate it so much. Now, Dolphins getting a little extra rest because they played the Thursday game last week. A Thursday game where they could only score 16 points in one half against Pittsburgh. Luckily for them, that was enough because uh, Pittsburgh isn't great. A lot has been made about the fact that Tua threw four or five interceptions in that game that the, the, the Pittsburgh just dropped. And they, and they weren't like... Oh man, that would have been a spectacular catch. It was like right in the bread basket, man. Like I was like, how are these guys dropping these passes? Uh, really led to a heated exchange between Emmanuel Acho and uh, Mina Kimes, where Mina Kimes dragged him for uh, uh, a, a good hour on Twitter. There, that was kind of funny. Uh, yeah, you got to take the Lions. I fucking hate this. The Lions are going to be one of my five. I hate it, Billy. What do you have to say about this one? Yeah, I, I like getting the point here, but I worry that Detroit defense is soft, and those Miami receivers are so fast. terrible. Yeah. Uh, I, I I don't know that we're going to get the quarterback play to capitalize on that, but I'll tell you, if you make some good throws with these wide receivers, like Detroit could go down 14 points pretty quick here. The, uh, yeah. 
I'm saying Detroit, but if they get even competent quarterback play, I think Miami is going to be able to do some damage. The Lions are getting DeAndre Swift back. Who knows if he'll finish the game? We'll have to wait and see. But he is the guy who makes the the engine for. Who, he's the engine for the offense that makes them actually go. Uh, Amon Ross, St. Brown's going to be a game time decision. So we'll see on that. Uh, the Lions are just. I think they're the correct side here. I, I absolutely hate that we have to make them one of our five again. God, I hate it. But uh, Craig, anything to add to this one? Uh, no, other than uh, I'm not too comfortable with it either, but the Lions line definitely stood out for me. Yeah. Bears-Cowboys. Cowboys, this line opened up at Bears minus, or sorry, Cowboys minus 9, and it is now Cowboys minus 10, thanks to the sharp money that came in on the Cowboys laying 9. Uh, this, I, I don't often do this, but the Cowboys, I, I don't often take high lines, but the Cowboys laying the big number is going to be one of my five gentlemen. I, I like the, the, the Bears short week just won their Super Bowl on Monday. There's already like videos of them partying and whatnot. I don't think they're going to come into this game ready to go because they kind of just won their Super Bowl. And I think that Dallas defensive line that might be the best in the league is going to be ready to feast on the Bears. I think this is a, a dead nuts lock blowout. Uh, I'm laying the heavy number with the Cowboys. What do you think, Bill? I am not. I, I don't Ooh. think the Cowboys deserve that much against anybody. I don't think the Cowboys are that good. I think Chicago is obviously terrible, um, but that's just way too many for me. I, I would I'd take Chicago at seven. So I think you're getting three points on this one. I'm taking Chicago. I mean, it's a scary line to lay because obviously the back door is always open. But I, I don't know. They just like it, it, the back door is only open if your quarterback throws the ball with a lot of consistency, which Justin Fields does not. Um, all right, uh, Craig, tiebreaker on this one. I lean Chicago, but this will not be one of my five. Um, the fact that Robert Quinn plays for the Eagles now instead of the Bears. Yeah, yeah that's another uh, one, right? And people, that's that something. I'm glad you brought that up, Craig. They, they, like, there have been trades getting made. Like, this is yeah. this is a weird season for the NFL. Yeah. This is yeah. great. Because, like, for about 20 years, trades didn't exist during the regular season. Now it happens no. all the time. It's great. Yeah. No. Yeah. A lot of fun. Uh, yeah, no, I, I like uh, – there, there, there are two things that I'm, I'm thinking about here. One, it's looking like Ezekiel Elliott is not going to participate in this football game, mm-hmm. which from a running the ball perspective, I don't think the Cowboys lose much, if anything at all. Maybe they even gain something. They lose blocking, though, because Pollard cannot block. And there it is. Zeke, best, blo- best pass blocking running back in the NFL, and I don't think it's particularly close. Mm-hmm. Um. Tony Pollard is not that. No. <laughs> Which is why all the fantasy owners who own Tony Pollard and go, why isn't this guy getting more than Zeke? Zeke's clearly lost a step, which is true, but there's your answer as to why. And, and, and well, let me tell you about an interaction I had on Twitter. I saw someone positing that exact thing from a fantasy perspective, and someone said, I don't understand why they don't just put Tony Pollard in on running plays and Zeke in on passing plays. And I'm like, oh, how about you FedEx them your fucking playbook then? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's brilliant. <laughs> yeah. Maybe that's the reason they don't do that. Like, Jesus yeah. anyway. Um, uh, so I, 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 I think that Dallas may miss something there, and there might there there could be a play or two in this game where Dak Prescott takes a hit or a play goes bad because instead of Zeke being out there, it's Tony Pollard, and that leads to some trouble. 
Um, so, in the, but Quinn not being around for the Bears, he's a guy that would have caused that trouble if he was still playing for Chicago. So I, I, I lean Chicago, but it's not something, not a game I feel super strongly about. All right. Uh, so you guys are saying Bears. I'm on the Cowboys. Uh, next up, the Las Vegas Raiders head to New Orleans to take on the Saints. This line opened up at Raiders as the road favorite minus two, and they still are, but a little bit a little bit coming off of them. They lost a half point there as the Raiders are currently favored by one and a half. This isn't going to be one of my five, and I'm kind of frightened in this game, but I got to say that I did like the Raiders. The fact that they lost half a point, though, has scared me because I'm wondering if there's sharp money coming in on the Saints. Um, I think the Raiders are, <laughs> at this point of our lives, I think they're a little bit underrated because I do think that offense is really, really good. And I and I think it's only going to get better. And I don't like Josh McDaniels, but I do think he's he's got something cooking there with the offense. I'm worried about the, the other units on the Raiders, whereas the Saints, I'm just not really sure what they do excellent right now. And I don't even know if they do anything well at this point. Yeah, so I lean towards... Yeah. The defense is not nearly as good. Now, they've been banged up, I will acknowledge, but the defense has not been nearly as good this year. And do we know if it's Winston or Dalton this weekend? It's, it's... it's Andy Dalton. Winston is healthy, and Andy Dalton's starting the game. Uh, yeah, so the, I guess the best gambling piece of advice I can give for this game is just bet Taysom Hill anytime touchdown until it stops hitting, and then <laughs> move on with your life. But water gun to my head. Oh, well. I mean, I mean <laughs> yeah. it's that's creative. But. Yeah, true. Uh, water gun to my head, I'm laying the points at the Raiders. What do you think on this one, Billy? Yeah, I'm on the Raiders. Uh, the Raiders are sitting at 2-4, and four, and I don't know that they've lost a game by more than a touchdown. Like, they've played a lot mm. of close – or their losses, anyway. And uh, if, they, if they didn't biff that one against the Cardinals, you know, they'd, they'd be 500 right now and looking pretty. Exactly, and they lost by, to the Titans by two. They lost to the Chiefs by one. Like they're, they're as far good... as I know, they haven't played against a game against anyone that was decided by more than a single score. Yeah, yeah. win or lose. So they're a good football team. I think they just got a couple bad bounces. And New Orleans has not. I would not say they're a good football team. So I'm going with the Raiders here. Uh, all right, Billy and I are both on the Raiders on the road. What do you think, Craig? I'm taking the Saints. Interesting. Okay. Make I, I just. Case. I'm not sure about the Raiders still. And yeah, they were able to run the ball very, very effectively against the Texans front this past week. Absolutely. I, I just think the Saints, A, are getting healthier. Uh, now they don't have Michael Thomas back just yet, but they are, they are getting healthier. And I don't know. I just. I, I the, 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 like, the, the Superdome is still a thing. Uh, and that's where this game is going to be. I'm leaning Saints. I can't quite explain. Oh, that's that's fine. I, I mean, just yeah. I just think the Raiders have the best unit in this game. Again, it's not going to be one of my five. And this game will probably be one of the games that I have the least amount of money on. Uh, next up, the Carolina Panthers head to Atlanta to take on the Atlanta Falcons. The Falcons are laying four points in this game. The Falcons previously undefeated against the spread until uh, last week, which it was there for them, but they they kind of lost it there. <coughs> um, them and the Giants are now tied for the best records against the spread. And, uh, yeah, the Falcons are, are laying four against the Panthers. Is this time to get off the Falcons' bandwagon or... 
was that just kind of a, a, a one-week blip where a, a really good Cincinnati Bengals offense was able to do something against them and the Panthers just won their Super Bowl? And speaking of the Panthers, I love the way that I had the highest value. I had the most amount of money on the Panthers plus the 13 last week. And I don't choose it as one of my five. Why do I do that? Why do I have the most money on a game that I'm not on, on a side that I don't put as one of my five? God, I'm dumb. Uh, it's, 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 it's so bad. Uh, may I say something about this game before we continue? Yeah, go right ahead. Scott Hansen, mm-hmm. do not show <laughs> this game. Interesting. I see. I kind of like the Falcons. Uh, I, I kind of like watching the Falcons offense. I, 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 I think that's a lot of fun, but I, I, I and I'm intrigued to see, cause we got, this is, this will be the third game without Matt rule. The first game was a disaster. The second game was could not have been a better effort. But, you know, what's that third one going to be? Do they have the locker room? Was that their Super Bowl last week? I, I don't know. I, I think I'm on the Falcons in this one is, is, is what I'll say. Falcons defense is 32nd in DVOA, and they've been kind of doing the smoke and mirrors thing for a while with that. The offense, yeah. admittedly, not DVOA. But I yeah. think what's going to wind up happening to the Falcons is what happened to them against Cincinnati, which is they they get trailing. And even though they're trailing, they can't throw the ball. So they try to run to get back in the game. And that doesn't work. So I think I'm not saying that we're going to see more of that this week. But I think we will see more of that going forward the second half of the season. Uh, I lean Panthers here. I think four is too many. I think this should be three. But I'm not feeling strongly about it. Okay, I'm gonna stick with the Falcons just because I I think they're the I think they're the better team in in this particular matchup. Uh, Billy tiebreaker. Whew. Um, I'm really really trying to care. Uh, <laughs> well put, well put, Billy. Uh, you know, I, I think we got a couple bad teams. I do think it's Atlanta is better. I'm gonna take Atlanta. I think Carolina is is at least must be thinking about failing on purpose. So I'll take the the Falcons here. Yeah, it's tough to say. Yeah, with P, uh, you know, PJ Walker out there, right? Yeah, uh, I will say, I'll remind everyone of this. One of the Panthers, Falcons, Saints, or Buccaneers will be hosting a playoff game. Yeah. Yep. It'll that probably end up there. being the Bucs. It'll probably end up being the Bucs, but... Buccaneers too, but here we are. But uh, yeah, but there, no one in this division is winning a playoff game. I, I, I think, regardless of, of the outcome. Uh, second last game of the one o'clock slate, penultimate, if you will. The New England Patriots coming off a ass whooping, uh, the likes of which we you rarely see in the Belichick era. And if you're a Patriots hater, which I think the three of us on this podcast are, we don't hate the team. Well, that's a lie. We hate the yeah. team. Uh, but not as much as we hate the the potato faces that root for uh, the Patriots. And boy, there was some good Schadenfreude going on in that in that Monday night game. Down early, Mac Jones looking terrible, throws a pretty bad uh, interception to a guy who he purposely kicked in the balls earlier in the game. By the way, which did not get enough coverage that uh, Mac Jones slid spikes up and and. Uh, Kicked, I forget who it was. I think it was number nine in the Chicago Bears. Kicked him right in the groin, um, and oh god, it was it was it was so dirty. And then he makes the pick on him like three plays later, just poetic justice. 
And then they bring in Bailey Zappi, who immediately throws two touchdown passes, both on short fields, by the way. Did not drive the length of the field for either touchdown. And the Patriots fans and Gillette Stadium are just hooting and hollering for that five-minute window. And if you're a Patriots fan and you say you didn't think this, you're a, you're a fucking liar. You thought to yourself, we fucking did it again. Bailey Zappi is is Tom Brady 2.0. We've got our quarterback for the next 15 years who's going to win us multiple Super Bowls. You, you, you had that thought enter your head after he had the back-to-back touchdown drives, and after that, nothing, Nathan, nada. He was awful. They're both terrible. Bill Belichick is like 14 games below 500 as a head coach without Tom Brady. It's, oh, it's all bad. That said, the Patriots are favored this week against the Jets. So uh, here we go. I believe they said that Mac Jones will be starting this game. But, yeah. you know, we'll see. Uh, Mac Jones versus Zach Wilson. Patriots favored on the road. Craig, what say you? Um, the Jets are one of my five. I do not understand this line. <laughs> I cannot even begin to understand it. Well, This should be I, the Jets my, by two and a half. Why, yeah. why are the Jets half point favorites? My guess, the... The market hasn't caught on to the fact that the Patriots might actually just suck. Uh, they're 16th in DVOA, which means they're they're middle of the road. Uh, the Jets are 11th, so it's not like a big thing. But yeah, like on on paper, and again, DVOA is not the be all end all. But uh, by that metric, you would say that the Jets should be like a three point home favor, should be getting the three point home bump. But yep. you're obviously not going to make the Patriots a favorite on the road. Bill Belichick does like destroying the Jets. Uh, it has always been a favorite pastime of his. He hates the Jets. He hates their organization. That's why he walked out on them years ago. He loves sticking it to them. The problem is it's tough to do when your quarterback is, is Mac Jones and your players aren't yeah. very good. They basically yeah, have Judon, and that's it. It was way, way, way easier when you have Tom Brady and Randy Moss or Rob yeah. Gronkowski or that one murderous tight end. If you have yeah. players like that... Yeah. running up the scores is, is easy. Uh, the Patriots don't have guys like that on their team anymore. No, yeah. I I, I think I'm going to be on the Jets uh, with you on this one, too. I don't know if they're going to be one of my five, but uh, they, they sure might be. Billy, what do you say on this one? Got to be the Jets. Every week they're proving themselves to be better than the week before, and I w- would not say that about the Patriots. Um, I don't think this one makes much sense to me. I think best-case scenario, these teams are evenly matched. Um and the Jets are getting points at home. So uh, I'm taking the Jets there for sure. I would say, to play devil's advocate, the explanation, like like one of the reasons you would have the Patriots If Brees Hall was healthy, this line yeah. is probably a pick em. Yeah, Brees Hall being out is uh, just a sh- the shame of all shames. He was so much fun to watch. Looked like he was going to decide every fantasy league <laughs> there was this year. And all right, just, move on. Just uh, I had him too. I had him too, and uh, and they just traded for James Robinson, right? And and it was just, uh, yeah, it, it was it was in my case, he, he was gonna he was riding out on his white horse to save my shitty fantasy team. Brees Hall was, uh, goddamn auto draft. Uh, but yeah, the, like that would be uh, one reason is if like not having Brees Hall, the snaps are gonna be split between Carter and Robinson, who they just traded for. And without Brees Hall, that's going to mean more Zach Wilson against the Patriots, which is not what you want, right? You want a little bit less Zach Wilson, I think, against the Patriots, and a little, and with, with, if it means a little bit more Brees Hall, right? That would be the argument I made. But I still think the Jets are the right side in this one. 
Last game of the 1 o'clock slate, the Pittsburgh Steelers head to Philadelphia to take on the Eagles, and the Eagles are laying 10.5. Is this a backdoor line? Steelers coming off of 10 days rest, and but man, they could they could not move the ball. But do the Steelers have one of those? In, in this brief kind of last two, three-ish year history of not great Ben Roethlisberger and now Mitch Trubisky slash Kenny Pickett under Mike Tomlin. He has proven, don't give me those high lines because I will I will at least cover. And sometimes I'll just outright win the game because I'm still Mike Tomlin and I'm one of the best coaches ever and the Steelers can be a little bit crafty. Uh, what do you think on this one, Bill, with the Eagles laying 10.5? Yeah, I, I don't love picking the Steelers here. I think they have looked pretty rough. Um but I can't lay that many with Philadelphia. I'm going to say Steelers here. I think it's too many points, uh, and they have been able to keep it close. I think the, the the new quarterback has looked all right. There hasn't been any too many huge mistakes. So I'm going to go with the Steelers here and assume that he keeps uh, growing by week. Uh, Craig, uh, what do you think about Steelers-Eagles? Well, for starters, if you go to Caesars, they'll give you 11 for Pittsburgh. Oof. Uh, so that's interesting. Uh, I, I'm leaning Eagles, though. Steelers coming off a Sunday night game. Eagles coming off a bye. No, it's a Thursday game. They had 10 days off. The uh... No, no. The, the, they, they played the, the Dolphins on Sunday night. Oh, yeah. Thursday last week was Cardinals and Saints. You're right. You are 100% right. So that is – I had that wrong when I was factoring that in my head there in my analysis. So thank you for pointing that out, Craig. Proceed. Yeah, they played, they played the Sunday night game, and the, yeah. the Eagles have not played in two weeks. So uh, the rest advantage goes to the Eagles. The talent advantage goes to the Eagles. The home advantage goes to the Eagles. I, I think that better days are ahead for Kenny Pickett and the Steelers' offense. They've got a bye coming up after this game. And I think they'll be able to sort some stuff and get some things going. Remember, at the start of the year, a lot of people were saying they thought this would be the last Trubisky start. And then Pickett takes over after the bye. Instead, they brought they brought Pickett in during the Jets game. And they're like, oh, yeah, here's your first game. Where is it? Orchard Park against probably the best team in the league. And then there was kind of a bit of a murderer's row. Now, they did get the win against Tampa Bay. But, you know, difficult games against Tampa Bay, against Miami, and now the Eagles. So better days, I think, are ahead for the Steelers' offense. But they're not this week. Um, They're not one of my five, but I'm very much leaning Eagles in this game. All right. Uh, yeah, I think I agree with you to break the tie. I think I, I think I would lay the points with the Eagles, but I don't feel strongly as strongly on this one laying the points as I do with the Cowboys and the Bears because I, I, I just think the Bears are just going to be so zoned out in that game. Um, and the Steelers, if they don't drop interceptions in this game, well, like they were able to create a lot of interceptions in that other game that they just weren't able to corral. And if they do in this game, uh, it might be tough for the Eagles to cover that 10.5. Uh, let's see. Scott Hansen game was Falcons Panthers. Uh, Cardinals Vikings, I guess, is the marquee matchup. Oh, for that's, the one that, slate. that is easily the best game of the slate. Yeah. yeah. All right. The problem with trying us trying to give away the marquee matchups every week is there's basically like three really really good teams and everybody else is kind of mediocre to bad. Uh, yeah. So it's it's tough. It's been yeah, tough this every week. Situation. One of the really really good teams is on by. Yeah. Of the really- yeah good teams is in the Sunday night game Sunday night, and yeah. the other one of the three really really good teams is um, hosting a Pittsburgh team that's not particularly great that's yeah. actually a very good question like now that we're on the subject who's the fourth best team in the NFL 
I think it's I I strongly strongly believe that it's the Baltimore Ravens. Yeah, but Bill, do you have a take on that? Um, uh, yeah, I'm scrolling through now. I'm gonna say. I mean, I'd love to say Vikings. <laughs> they have. They I mean, have yeah, they have the record for it, but I just I would not power rank if I was doing one of those dumb power rankings. I would not have the Vikings above either the Ravens or the Cowboys, if I'm being honest. Uh, I will say, um, this may be a little bit of hot takery, but ever since they decided, you know what, we're going into shotgun. We're not going to worry about this under center run the ball stuff. This is a shotgun team. We're going to sling it. They've been doing that for two weeks, and the Bengals look great. The defense looks pretty good. I think the yeah. fourth best. Bengals. I was going to say that know, until the Jamar Chase thing. Yeah. For a month, and that's a problem, but I think the fourth best team is the Bengals. Uh, yeah, they're, they're, they're in the conversation for sure. I've definitely flipped on them the last couple of weeks because I thought most of what they did last year was a bit fluke based. And, you know, I've, I've been well, fading you, you them a little bit this week. Was they, they won three one score <laughs> games playoffs in a row, right? And then they lost yeah. the fourth one. Uh, but they did improve the offensive line. Now that's kind of being a little more cohesive and those guys are getting healthy. And the other thing is, I think Zach Taylor thought, oh, we've got a better offensive line. Maybe we can, like, you know, run the ball and do some fun stuff with that. And I, at some point, he or Burrow or whoever else with the staff is just like, you know what? No, we're going to go in the shotgun and we have three receivers who are really good and we're going to have them win balls for us down the field and we're going to score a bunch of points. And they have scored a lot of points the last two weeks. And yeah. I think that's going to continue this week. I think I think it's the Bengals is the fourth best team. I think yeah. like you can't just go like go to go play in Buffalo and throw it around like that. Like if you can't get a run game going, I think they're going to have problems. Um, yeah, so there's definitely some of that. And, that up, and yeah. Burrow, Bur- Bur- Burrow has a lot of things that are great about him. Uh, he gr- great pocket management. He's very accurate. All this stuff. He is not someone you would say has the cannon arm that um, Mahomes or Allen would have. So if there is that gross weather game in February where it's really windy. Uh, I think that those those two teams would have an advantage for sure. Yeah, that's that's an interesting conversation, but I do think I like I, I do think that those that's basically, yeah, it, it's basically you know the Ravens are kind of there, the Bengals are kind of there, and then the Cowboys there, and we all know are kind of the there, right? Best, we all know who the three best yeah. teams are: Buffalo, Philadelphia, and Kansas City. I don't think there's any discussion about that. No, yeah, and then there is a tier two of of teams that I think they can clip them, and they're all the the three or four teams we just discussed. I think. All right, off to the 4 o'clock slate. The Tennessee Titans hosting the Houston Texans, and Tennessee is laying 2.5 on the road. I said Tennessee was hosting the Texans. That was uh, <clears throat> I was wrong about that. It's in Houston. Uh, so the Titans are a 2.5-point road favorite. Uh, this is a hold your nose and take the Texans, and this might be one of my five, I think. Uh, I was on the Texans last week, and I got clipped. Um I still think that was close to the right side, even though I've always believed that the right side is the winning side. So I was on the wrong side, but uh, man, Houston had had more than enough opportunity to cover uh, that game last week and just wasn't there. The thing that frightens me is Houston's been giving up. Obviously, the thing that frightens me is Houston's been giving up a lot of ground to uh, mediocre to okay running backs, and now Derrick Henry's coming to town, but... Uh, I don't think Ryan Tannehill is going to play in this game, and I'm not a Malik Willis believer. So I kind of like the Texans getting points on the road in a or at home in a divisional game. So this might just be a classic hold your nose, take the home dog in a divisional matchup for uh, for good old Matt Pierce. So uh, Craig, what do you think about this one? 
Uh, you know, I had the same instinct you do when I saw the line, but then I thought a little bit about it, and I'm looking at some numbers here. Uh, rush DVOA uh, for defense. Uh, the Titans are the third best rush DVOA defense in the National Football League. And that's what Houston wants to do, obviously. They want to run the ball. They like Damian Pierce, and I like Damian Pierce. I, you know, he, um, he did not get nearly enough touches at Florida, but the ones he did, I really enjoyed. Um, the Texans might, meanwhile, are 32nd in DVOA against the run. And to put some context on that, um, they are about – well, not about. They are specifically – uh, 5.4% worse against the run than the second worst team against the run in the NFL, which is the Green Bay Packers. So the difference between 32 Houston and 31 Green Bay is about the same as the difference between 31 Green Bay and, or I should say, uh, between um, 27 Cleveland and, you know, you can get all the way up to to 19 or 20. Like it's, it's, it's a very wide gap between Houston and the worst run defenses in the league. Um, I, I just think that Derrick Henry has a massive day and the Titans win this game. I have the same gun as think you did, but I just, I can't escape the idea of, Oh yeah. Derrick Henry carried the ball 23 times. He had 210 yards and three touchdowns. I just feel like that's coming. Yeah, that's obviously the fear. My my question is if I if I were to play devil's advocate and flip it the other way, if Houston, let's say Houston gets uh, the opening kickoff, drives down, scores, three and out, drives down, scores again, and all of a sudden the Titans have to throw the ball. Uh, yeah, how are they doing that? And I I I I just. I think that the Titans are going to be able to move the ball so easily that I, I don't see them getting into a hole. Is would would be what I would say. Um, if it's like that said, do I want to be giving up three points to Malik Willis on the road? Yeah, because right? that's what I'm. Like, I'm right. taking Tennessee. That's what I'm doing, right? So yeah, exactly. I'll I'll tell you the best bet in this game is <clears throat> the under because both these teams want to run the ball, so that clock is going to be tick 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 in the whole game. So I love Houston and Tennessee uh, under forty and a half points right now. That's probably my favorite. Uh, one of my favorite bets of the week. Um, so it sounds like Craig's on the Titans and I'm on the Texans. Billy, tiebreaker? Texans it is. Um, I, I I think that you're right. They absolutely would be begouched by Henry. But if, if there's no Tannehill, I'm putting eight in the box. I, I'm the, the linebackers are cheating. Like, make them beat you through the air. And Derrick Henry is a phenomenal talent. But if he's running into just nothing but walls of humans, he's not going to go anywhere. So I think they will overstack that box. And I think they're going to have to throw it. And I don't think Tennessee will be able to do it. All right. Next up, the New York Giants, the 6-1 and one New York Giants, are going into Seattle to take on the 4-3 and three Seattle Seahawks, which is exactly where we had all these teams pegged. Uh, during week eight at the beginning of the season. The Seahawks are getting the three-point home bump, so that means that Vegas is trying to tell us that these two teams are relatively even. And I'm here to tell you that these two teams are not even close to relatively even. I think the Seattle Seahawks are much better than the Giants in a lot of phases other than having horseshoes up your ass. Uh, The Giants are better than the Seahawks at that. Um, So I don't see why you wouldn't do anything except lay the three-point home bump on the Seahawks because I th- the only argument I think you can make in this game for picking the Giants is 
quote, the Giants have, quote, unquote, something special going on right now. I don't know how to quantify that in, in a gambling term. So I'm just going to go with, uh, I think the Seahawks are the better team. They have the better quarterback in this one, even though his name is Geno Smith. Um, not to discount Daniel Jones, because I think he's been doing some great stuff with his legs, but he can't really throw the ball. It's it's just, yeah, it's the Seahawks for me, dog. Uh, Seahawks, give, give me the Seahawks minus three. Craig, what do you say about this one? Seahawks are definitely one of my five. Definitely yeah. one of my five. I, I just think that they're a lot better than the Giants are, and I think that we're going to see that this week. So give me Seattle for sure. Billy, anything to add on this one? Yeah, I like Seattle. I'm not as confident as you guys seem to be. I, I do think the Giants are a very fraudulent 6-1, and one, um, but I'm still not sold on Geno Smith and the Seahawks. I think it could still crumble there. I'm going to take the Seahawks because I think they're in better position here. Um, but I don't know that the Seahawks are like, I don't know if they'll finish above 500. I don't think they're that great. So Seahawks, but I'm tempering expectations. If DK Metcalf is in this game, are we at least getting the hook with Seattle? Probably. Mm. Like I, I, I would, I, I, I think he moves the line by, by a half point. That said, you know, if you're like the way, the way that they looked after Metcalf went out, Marquis, uh, Goodwin and, and and Tyler Lockett, like they 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 can still they can still throw it on even without DK around. Yeah, yeah, that should be good. Yeah, I'm I'm on Seattle. I just I, like the Giants are a fun story, but I can't point to anything that they do. Wait, yeah, other when, than... this is going to end eventually. It's a matter of when, not if. Yeah, and, and like they, they've probably they've got themselves enough. enough. Maybe they've already yeah. banked enough wins to make the playoffs, but like they're not a serious. I think they have. I think I think they have, but yeah, I don't I don't agree that they're a serious team. But could they? Could this be their like? We, uh, Seattle Seahawks year, sort of like like how the the Seahawks made the the playoffs the one year as as an under five hundred team or whatever, and then won the game against New Orleans in the Beast Quake game, and then that kind of kicked off a nice little five to ten year run for the Seahawks. Could that be something that happens for the Giants this year? Maybe, but uh, I think the odds <sighs> of them getting the home playoff game are pretty low, just on, on yeah. a comparison sake. I, I don't think they're going to pass the Eagles, but yeah. that's true. That's true. I just. Like I said, I don't know what argument you could make with the. I don't know what statistical argument you could make for the Giants other than uh, you know they're they've got something special brewing this year, and that's. Uh, anyway, uh, next up, the San Francisco 49ers head to Los Angeles to take on the Rams in the uh, annual Admiral Akbar Trap Game of the Week. Uh, this was such a, a a sharp trap line. Giving the uh, the Rams it, the line opened up at Rams minus one and a half, or sorry, Niners minus one and a half is the road favorite, and is now down to San Francisco minus one. So we lost a half point once we found out Debo Samuel is no longer going to be playing. Caesars has moved it to a pick. In the, Interesting. Samuel in move. Well, let me see if I refresh the page that I'm currently looking at. If that sort of a thing happens, uh, no, still minus one across most of the boards I'm staring at. Um, I, I mean. The reason I say it's a sharp trap is you're getting points at home with the defending Super Bowl champions who are coming off of a bye week, right? <laughs> it's it's, yes. But the Rams have looked so bad. They have no running game. They've been shopping Cam Akers. I don't see how how Stafford is going to get it going in this game. I mean, it's, it's going to be him chucking the ball to Cooper Cup 20 times again. Shanahan has statistically and their defense owned... has worked against this team before. 
Very true. Very true. Yeah, like aside from the one playoff game, Shanahan has owned McVay in their career. Uh, Christian McCaffrey's had a full week to practice with the unit, and he looked pretty good when he got the ball before. They just didn't use him on third downs. Because um, like that's obviously asking too much of Christian McCaffrey, I think on on being on having been on the team for two days, but now he's been with the team for ten plus days or so, so he's he's going to be well versed in their third down uh, unit this week, I would imagine. Even with Debo out, I think the Niners could man. If Debo wasn't out, this would be a lock one of my five because I think this is a trap line, and I I want to lay the points with the Niners. I'm just hesitant right now with with Debo out. Uh, Billy, what do you think on this one? Yeah, Debo or no Debo, I'm on the Niners here. Uh, I, I think the Niners are just better, and I, I think the Rams are bad. I think the Niners are going to be able to run the ball effectively. I think they'll be able to pass effectively. I don't think the Rams are going to be able to stop them much at all. What's the over-under for this game? The over-under for this game is 42. Yeah, kind of like the over on that one. I think we're going to see some points here. Yeah, and I mean, the Niners... They're coming off an embarrassing loss to the Chiefs where they probably could. They, they like the Lions, had one play where it, where it flipped. Uh, that, that, that one Jimmy interception was just That was brutal. a really bad interception. That was, that was really bad. Yeah, the game was lost on that, that one play right there. That was, that was brutal. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's tough. There's a lot of reasons to like the Rams, but I, I, I think this was the this is the trap line of the week, and I think it's a, I think it's a sharp trap line, and it doesn't look like the Sharps are falling for it because they keep betting the Niners. Craig, what do you what say about you on this one? I'm going Rams. Interesting. Okay. I get the defending Super Bowl champion. I know things have not looked good. I, I'm like now I've already bet the Rams this week, and I got the point and a half. Uh, Brian Allen is coming back to play center for the Rams. That is helpful and important for them. Um, I think that I'm getting the defending Super Bowl champions getting healthier off a of bye week at home against a team missing its best player. I think that's pretty good. Um, yeah. We've had another week for McVay to sort of try to figure things out a little bit here and, and, and try to come up with some stuff that works. I think we're going to see and Van Jefferson is also back which means that there's now a credible reason to have to play safeties a little bit further away from the line of scrimmage than, than teams have been so far this season because you don't want to get burned over the top by Van Jefferson. I think he's more of a threat than 2-2 Atwell is there for sure. So I, I, I think that the Rams are going to look better on an offense that we've seen throughout the entire year. I really think that's what's going to happen. Um, and again, like the Niners don't have Debo Samuel. He's a pretty important thing. He's a pretty important guy. And as much as, oh, they have Christian McCaffrey now, it's cool. Yeah, that's helpful. But he's still only been on the team for eight days. Like how, how, how much of the offense could he really be integrated into at this point? So I, 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 I think that the Rams are the play here. I know, like you're saying, they're trying to get, they're trying to get you to do the Rams. But like the, 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 this is still the Rams. The Rams are still not a bad team. They're still a well-coached team. And I'm getting a point and a half to bet them at home. I'm, I'm okay with that. Yeah, I mean, they're great points. I mean, I just, I think this this is, I mean, I realize this is the cliche to end all cliches, but I mean, this is this is a trench battle to me, and I just, I think I like the Niners units a lot better in the trenches and in this game. I will say one of the Rams trench units has Aaron Donald on it. That's true. That is true. <laughs> he's, he's a pretty good player. Uh, he's quite good. I, so, yeah. So, again, I think that the problem will be the Niners' defensive line potentially overwhelming the Rams' offensive line. That is very much on the table. I think the Rams' defensive line is going to be fine because 
three Niners guys are going to have to take care of one dude. All right. Uh, last game of the 4 o'clock slate, the Washington Commanders head into Indianapolis to take on the Colts. Colts getting a three-point home bump in this one. Uh, Matt Ryan benched. Sam Ellinger in. Um, give me the Washington Commanders and a uh, give me them on the money line plus a fresh new pair of kicks for Tyler Heineke, uh, I think, on, uh, on this one. Uh, I love Washington. What say you, Billy? Yeah, I'm on Washington. Uh, I, I think you're getting free points here. Uh, I, I think that this will be close. Like, I don't think Washington's going to run away with it. Um, but I think both teams are going to struggle to score, and I'm liking getting a few points with that. So I think it's separated by a field goal, and then you're good either way. Uh, Craig, anything to add on this one? Washington's one of my five. Yeah, mine too. Uh, I'm, getting, I'm getting points <laughs> against Sam Ellinger? Okay, yeah, that's fine. Yeah. And Jonathan Taylor has not been running the ball really well. Now, is this the week he well, – People didn't talk about this enough with the Coles coming of the year. Anthony Costanza retiring kind of like really put their offensive line in a bad spot. Sure did. Yeah, it's it's something. I just I, I don't believe in anything the Colts are doing right now. And you know they just they just bent, benched Matt Ryan, who has looked absolutely cooked at certain points of this year. But uh, I'm gonna miss that. The most the thing I'm gonna miss was the uh, the Matt Ryan to throw an interception prop. God, that was just that was free money every week. <laughs> R.I.P. to that prop. That we're, we're, we're gone too soon. Thought we were gonna get ten more weeks of you, but yeah. I, I mean, I just I don't know. We don't have much about Sam Ellinger. It's just apparent like he's a seventh round draft pick who apparently they like his athleticism, but not much else. Doesn't seem like he has much of an arm. So well, yeah, and well, he, like. Here's the thing. We know. Here's what we know about him: is he played at Texas, which is a program that's on TV all the time. And yeah, yeah. he can move around, but it's not like you said. It's not what you would call a, a, an upper level NFL arm or even a mid level NFL arm. So, yeah, we'll see what that translates into as the Colts quarterback. And I'm like I know Tyler Heineke's not like any great shakes, but you know he goes out there and he he does give a shit. He's he's I don't know. He and he's better at getting out of the pocket than than Wentz is for sure so that's 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 a big help to what the commanders are kind of trying to do and he was doing the thing where he's like like Wentz would just fire the ball stupidly Heineke's at least doing the thing where he's like okay I know Terry McLaughlin is my best uh, receiver so if shit goes wrong I'm just throwing the ball in his direction and putting it to where my best guy can maybe make a play right and then he did and he made some plays right it was it was great to see him uh him catching balls again, which he was not getting a lot of targets when Wentz had the ball. Still, yeah. Uh, Sunday nighter. It's a big one, Billy. Uh, The Green Bay Packers come into Buffalo to take on the Bills. The Bills coming off a bye week, a 10-and-a-half point favorite, largest spread, biggest underdog Aaron Rodgers has been in his entire career. Rightfully so. Packers offense looks like trash. Bill's offense looks great, and they got the extra rest. Um, I'm a little bit upset because this should have been a, a really nice primetime matchup, but I do think that the Bills are going to slaughter the Packers in this one because uh, in the brief history we've seen, when Josh Allen has a chance to put you away, he does not hesitate. He steps on your throat and he twists, <laughs> and uh, the Bills usually win in these spots in, in, in big-time fashion. And I don't see that being any different this week. Now, 
10.5 is a lot to ask, especially when Aaron Rodgers, a two-time MVP, is the quarterback on the other side. I've never seen anything like this. But uh, Aaron Rodgers looks like a guy who, who's quit on his team, and the, the off-the-field hijinks are just too much for me, and I think the Bills are have all three are better at all three spots and might even have the better quarterback in this game. What say you, Craig? I don't, I don't think he might about it. Yeah. Yeah. But I'll again, two-time two defending and, and MVP, I don't know what, right? what kind of hot take this is, but here's what I'm going to say. I don't think the Buffalo Bills are going to play or have played anyone who has a better quarterback than they do. I Fair. just think they have the best guy. Like, yeah, he's just that good. I think the stats would back that up with his completion percentages. Like, he doesn't make and a lot of And you look at the, the running ability as well. Not that Mahomes can't run, but Allen kind of trucks guys. Um, mm-hmm. No, I think it. I think Allen's the best player in the league right now. Um, yeah, I will be taking the Bills in this game, not as one of my five, but the Packers. Like, if you look at these two teams and you look at the numbers, Buffalo at home, night game, uh, number one in DVOA, and we scroll down towards the bottom of uh, of DVOA, and we see the Green Bay Packers there, not at the very bottom, but you know towards the bottom of the pile. And you think to yourself, wait, why is this only? Shouldn't this be, you know, um, a, you know, a two touchdown line? I think that the books are giving a little bit more respect to Aaron Rodgers and company than perhaps they need to be. This should be this should be fourteen, not eleven. So I want the Bills. Yeah, I, I just it, this this could be a fun slaughter. And like Aaron Rodgers is doing this thing where he acts like a, a, a petulant child and. Not just like on the field, not just off the field with you know going on Pat McAfee and whatnot, but also on the field. It seems like he's acting like a petulant child because he's like throwing balls. Like it, like they're watch it when you're when like if if things go south for the Packers quickly in this game, watch the way Aaron Rodgers starts throwing the ball because when things aren't going well, it looks like he's purposely throwing shit balls to his receivers just so he can turn to the sidelines and go, "See, I told you these guys were shit. Get me better players and stuff like that." And it's like, well, I dude, he threw shitty ball, right? Like, yes, that's. <laughs> I will say this though, in Aaron Rodgers' defense on that, it's not as though, oh man, these receivers aren't good is something that people are just, like, saying now. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, we kind of also this might be a problem the day Devontae Adams got traded. Yeah, but also Randall Cobb is on this team right now because of Aaron Rodgers, right? So it's like... Yeah, uh, but he's not making any money. Like, True. Like, they, they, they brought him in as, you know, a third receiver slot guy on a pretty cheap deal. And he's been fine for that. The issue is they do not have a guy who is a number one guy. And I like they had opportunities to acquire players like this, and they decided they were going to use their draft and salary cap allocation resources elsewhere, which is fine. That's the decision they've made, but it has not gone well. And that's not the only reason the team is struggling, obviously, but that's a reason, and that one's one that no one should be surprised by. Yeah, completely agree. Uh, Billy, have you added anything on Packers Bills? Yeah, I think it's too many i mean it's just too many against rogers i i could see a backdoor cover here I'll, backdoor will be open yeah like I'll, I'll take the the packers here but i am very much looking forward to seeing three and five on that record like 
I'm loving the idea of the Vikings clinching here in like week nine or something ridiculous. <laughs> so it's open, but I think the Green Bay loses, but I, I think they will keep it closer than 11. All right. So all three of us are, are Billy's on the Packers. Craig and I are on the Bills. Uh, Monday nighter could be a decent one. The Cincinnati Bengals head into Cleveland to take on the Browns. Bengals three-point road favorite. Uh, we mentioned Jamar Chase not in this one. I think this is a classic hold your nose and take the Cleveland Browns. We're talking about a divisional matchup, home dog, Bengals missing their best receiver. I know they've been slicing it up the last couple of weeks and look like they figured something out, but I think the Browns' season is on the line in this one. This is going to be a kitchen sink game for them, and uh, this is basically the Browns playing for their lungs. So I'm going on the classic home dog, divisional matchup, team that really needs to win. Uh, give me the Browns plus the three. That's That's going to be me kind of, you know, it's big balls in this one, I think, a little bit. Uh, what do you think, Craig? I still want the Bengals. <coughs> I think they're be able to move the ball. Um, the Browns, there's there's just a lot of problems with that team right now. And, yeah, the offenses look not bad from a from the perspective of, okay, they've got Jacoby Brissett in there and they've been okay. So, but Cincinnati's defense has been done a pretty good job as far as keeping running backs from having big days. And the, the Browns obviously want to run the ball. Um, and the Browns are having a hard time stopping people is the other thing. And I think they're still going to have, even without Jamar Chase, they're still going to have a hard time stopping the Bengals this week. So I will take the, uh, the Bengals to win this game. All right. Billy tiebreaker. Yeah, I think I got to go Bengals here. They've just played phenomenal football the last few weeks and chase being out is going to hurt. Um, but it's not like they were, you know, the Packers of old that had Adams and nobody else. Like they have, a lot of talented wide receivers, like wide receiver two and three, both really good. So I'm still taking the Bengals here. I think they're going to be able to uh, score a good amount of points on a Cleveland defense that hasn't been that great. So give me the Bengals. All right. I would say more than uh, half the teams in the NFL, T. Higgins would be the best receiver on the roster. Yeah. Like, I mean, these guys are good. And then they got Boyd, like – it's a good team. It's a very good offensive team. Uh, all right. All that's left to do is our picks for week eight. Billy, you're in the lead. Why don't you kick us off for week eight? I will. God, sorry about coughing in the mic, everybody. Uh, I will take Detroit. All right. I will take Green Bay. I will take the points in Chicago. With Chicago, I should say. I'm going to take the Nye Jets. And the San Francisco 49ers. All right. Uh, the Jets are two and a half, right? Yes, they are. San Francisco minus one. All right. Uh, let me give my picks here because um, they're kind of similar to Billy's. Uh, but <coughs> take these with a grain of salt because I can tell you right now, I'm going to stay tuned to the at Empire 6 Twitter account, which is the Twitter account for the show, basically, because I'm I'm going to be changing these Sunday morning. I got a feeling. Uh, I'm with you, Billy. Give me uh, Detroit plus the four. Uh, give me San Francisco minus the one. I'm on Washington plus the three. I'm putting my money where my mouth is a little bit with the Houston Texans. Give me the plus two and a half. And I'm going to lay the points with the Do- with the Cowboys. I think I think the Bears just had their Super Bowl. I don't think they're going to be tuned up for this one. And I think the Cowboys just kind of rush over them early and often and uh, close out this game with their tough, tough defense. So Lions, Texans, Cowboys, Washingtons, and uh, 49ers. I almost said I'm trying not to say Commanders because it's such a terrible name. Uh, Craig, take us home for week eight, sir. Detroit Lions. 
Oh, clean Jets. sweep. Yeah. New York Jets for me, which I think one of you had, right? Yeah, Billy did. Um, and I got a very good feeling that it's going to be a clean sweep by Sunday morning when I come to my senses. Uh, Seattle Seahawks. Mm-hmm. Like Washington, Washington football team. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm going to go against you, Pierce. I'm going to take the Rams. Okay, going against the both of us. All right, I'll give you the I'll give you the plus one on the uh, on the Rams. Um, yeah, okay. So that is it for this week. Crossover podcast available at the crossoverpodcast.com, facebook.com slash crossoverpodcast, and iTunes. Sorry, subscribe, five stars only. We're also on Google Play, Spotify, and Stitcher. Please leave us a review on any of those, and we're available on pretty much any other podcatcher that you have, happen to be listening to. So uh, leave us a review on any of those. It would help us out immensely. And as always, you do not have to listen, but please download the Crossover Podcast. Uh, we'll be back next week to talk breakdown week eight and talk week nine. And uh, who knows? Maybe we'll do some stuff on the other side. Hey, Love is Blind is back, Craig. We got we we, we got to talk about yeah, well, that. Well, we can season it, but uh, we're of course, yeah, halfway through. Nice, nice, nice. It's uh, it's been a lot of fun. It's it's been a good season so far. I, I think it's gonna finish strong I'm, like it I'm, usually I'm, does. I'm an Alexa fan. Sure. I am very much an Alexa fan. Yes. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, yeah, I'm an Alexa fan. Uh, so, yeah, we'll save that for a different podcast. Uh, so that will be it uh, for this week. Take care, everybody, and uh, good luck with all your bets, and we'll talk to you next time on the Crossover Podcast. Mm-hmm.